I said, the best. When I was a kid, that's what I always wanted, to be the best. And in my mind, that's what I was. Kazuta Ziono, the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Hello, Kazuta Ziono, best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. It is so nice to meet you. Hello, Poe Dameron. It has been a lengthy amount of time since I last encountered you. Right, great. Kaz, this is Niku. Niku, this is Kaz. He'll be hanging around for a while. From what exactly will he be hanging? He, uh, yeah, okay, never mind. We're headed to Aunt Z's. Come on. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Eclair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to their exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 304, Resistance Premiere. I am, as always, one of the hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Dexter Jetster and Aunt Z to my Watto, we have Carl Leclerc and Katie Horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want a cup of Jawa juice? Yes, do you want a cup of Jawa juice? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, becoming on Z, that's all I've ever wanted for the past three days. That's, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's such an icon. Oh man, her contouring game is on point. She's got a little flush on her cheek, got that winged eyeliner going. Oh my god. Oh, what an icon. What oh, Aunt Z. She's my goal in life now, honestly. You, you know what I think? I bet you Aunt Z is like either related or in love with Malakili. <gasps> Lovers. Yes. Oh, secret lovers. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're pen pals, you know. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, oh my, my god. Yeah, no, they're like um <laughs> anybody walks into her cantina and she's like, "Hey, where's my boyfriend?" <laughs> Malakili's playing Malakili. with the rain cause. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, though, is that Malakili, you know, he, he doesn't wear a shirt because he left it on Aunt Z's floor. Right. Just, that's... Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's all the way out on the Colossus, so he just doesn't have time. You know what? He's the Colossus of her heart. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should write poems <laughs> for Star Wars characters. <laughs> Where, Phantom, hook me up. Where's that Malakili? <laughs> Z fanfic, <laughs> hook me up. <laughs> I don't know how how I lost control of this podcast. Um, <laughs> actually, I doubt I, I doubt I ever really had control. Um, Did you hear that sound of a thousand fanfic authors rushing to their keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, what have I done? <laughs> you're fulfilling your destiny, Anakin. Oh dear. Um, so we are oh, no. going to talk about this amazing new Star Wars TV show, Resistance. And, uh, man, I got, I got so much to say, and I know you two do as well. Um, but before we get into all of that, I just want to remind folks, if you haven't already, to just take, take a few moments and uh, maybe write a review on iTunes. We haven't had one in a little while again. Again, it just really helps the show with promotion. Um, the more reviews you have, the, the more prominent you show up in the iTunes feed. So, again, if you like the show, 
shoot us a quick review, and, and that'll help us a lot. Um, but we also have a poll from last episode where we talked about the mighty Chewbacca, which, by the way, that was fun. That was so that much was, fun talking Chewie. That was such a good episode. Um, but uh, obviously, we wanted to hand it over to you all to see what some of your favorite Chewbacca moments are. And I know there are quite a few responses, good Sir Hunt. Um, <laughs> where are we at on this? <laughs> um, well, uh, this might be the most uh, different responses we've ever had. Like the, the amount of different responses that we've gotten into a poll is quite a bit so bear with me here folks um in fourth place with one vote each we have the sabak bluff at the end of solo where you know han shows chewie his cards and chewie goes "Mm," you know (laughs) Uh, we've got uh going back for han on kessel the luke skywalker hug on hoth great little moment yeah. <laughs> well, okay, okay. His his shrug when um when he's asked if Han was a war hero in <laughs> The Force Awakens. Um when Finn asks, "Wasn't he a war hero?" and Chewie just goes, mm. um, <laughs> "Depends on who you ask." <laughs> exactly. Uh the Tarzan swing, the paw on shoulder moment at the end, you know, towards the end of Solo. Um Chewie agreeing to protect Leia. Uh, banging 3PO's head on the entrance of the Falcon uh, in Empire. He was kind of asking for it, let's be real. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Bend down, Chewbacca! um, Trying to clear the Dejeric board in Solo when Beckett beats him. Uh, The the WTF look he gives Tarful after uh, Yoda beheads the clone troopers during order 66 um shooting kylo ren um we got a legends uh favorite here from uh mark hurtleman where he saved anakin solo during the Yuuzhan bong book series this is when he dies uh, yeah, that's, I was say, yeah. Uh. That's, that's his one of his most heroic moments um <laughs> the mud pit brawl uh, the I'm backwards moment with 3PO where he puts 3PO together backwards. Um, his nap in a field of flowers from his comic book. Aw. Uh, <laughs> when they're being confronted by uh, Tasu Leech and... Uh, oh my gosh, the other gang in Force Awakens. Um, Kanja oh, Club. Kanja Club, yeah. Kanja yeah. Club and, and uh, the Guavian Death Gang. And Han says, "Haven't I? I've, when have I ever let you down?" And they say twice or whatever. And <laughs> he goes, "Really?" And Chewie Chewy nods. nods. Yeah. So Chewie's <laughs> not there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and here's yours, Katie. Um, I, I titled it. Here's looking at you, kid. Um, Aww. <laughs> when uh, Chewie looks at Ray at the end of Force Awakens. Uh, why'd you pick that one, Katie? Because I'm a big old sap, that's why. Because <laughs> you can pull on oh, my heartstrings really easy. It's it's not hard. It's a, it's such a encouraging little look and such a you know it, it's a nice moment after kind of the loss that Chewie has suffered to see him, you know, not moving on exactly, but that he's open to to this new love, this new young charge. I just think is very sweet. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um. 
Well, continuing on, because we've still got quite a bit more. Um, <laughs> in uh, third place with two votes each, we have uh, the Chewy co-pilot moment in Solo, where he takes the co-pilot seat for the first time. Uh, we've got Han and Chewie reuniting in Return of the Jedi uh, in the uh, cell in Jabba's palace. And we've got the shower scene. Uh, <laughs> which, which is actually where my vote went. Uh, right now, right now, that's my favorite chewy moment uh it's, it's the shower scene in solo it's, i don't it's, really need to elaborate on that that's um, definitely the moment that has inspired the most fan fiction thus far. oh dear god <laughs> i'm i am not surprised um <laughs> then in second place with three votes each we've got uh chewy freaking out um after they escape the garbage uh pit on the Death Star, oh. where he shakes his head, and you know, Han says, Chewie, come here! And Chewie's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Nah, no. nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got his uh, his smugness um, when at the Dejeric table, where you know, Wookiees are known to pull all people's arms out of the sockets when they lose um, in A New Hope. And then we've got uh, his going to save the Wookiees on Kessel, uh, which Aww. is where your vote, Carl. Yeah, you know the great thing about like getting to vote and things like this and having a podcast is you get to do things Come on, like this. <laughs> Wait, what, what are you doing? Come on, we gotta get the quacks in. Hey, remember what Beckett said. Stick to the plan. Chewie, come on, let's go. Fine. Chewie? <laughs> Here, you might need this. Hope I see you around sometime. I hope you do too, Han. Aww. I love that moment. So can I tell you why I picked it real quick? I'll keep it short. Yes. Um, I I mean, I love the moment he puts his hand on on Han's shoulder when he runs back for Han. But to me, this is the most purely heroic moment for Chewie. Because he's doing this for his people, he's doing this for that grander purpose that he, you know, that he's about, which we, you know, obviously learn about in Solo. Which his biggest concern is going back to Kashyyyk, finding his his family, and, and helping free them from the Empire. So that's why I like this one so much. Is just this is Chewie stepping outside of this new little thing he's part of to because he's reminded of his bigger purpose, and he and he has mm-hmm. to act on it. So that's why I picked it for for because to me it's just this is purely about Chewie and Chewie's deepest purpose. So and the music is just so damn good. So yes, um, it is. So yeah, that's why I picked it. Excellent pick. However, we do have one. <laughs> However, you are not in response. first. <laughs> uh, first place with four votes. Um, we got the laugh it up fuzzball. <laughs> So perfect. Um, <laughs> and I almost picked that one as my favorite, uh, but I think right now, right now, the shower scene makes me laugh just a little bit more. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, Chewie laughing at the expense of Han uh, in in that scene is great. So, uh, not surprised. Once everything is said and done, that that got the top vote. I'm actually surprised that his roar in. Uh, the Hoth hanger when the doors close and they close the blast doors yeah, didn't, didn't get, get a vote. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that wasn't on here. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess maybe it's too sad. People want to think of the funny and heroic moments and not that time she we ripped our hearts out. <laughs> true. True. That's probably probably it. But that's probably one of his best acting moments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. So so there we go. We got a whole lot of chewy there um in our poll. Uh the only acceptable amount of chewy. That's true. <laughs> There's a whole lot of chewy to go around. Uh, we got a uh, matchup for you at the end of this episode, so stick around for that. But um, Carl, Katie, I think it's time we um, we talk about something new. I agree. So, I, I first things first. Let's just let's just you know go around and, and and share like just the overall first impressions you had after watching Resist. So. I know the two of you have, have been able to watch the first three episodes now. You've, you've had access to those through whatever you watched it through. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately do not. So to, uh, I, we're just going to be talking about the premiere, which I believe is called The Recruit, um, mm-hmm. is the yes. title of that episode. Yep. So um, if you were fortunate enough to also have access to those other two, you've probably watched them by now as well. I have not. So I have, I have nothing to bring to the table, and I don't want to be spoiled. So um, <laughs> shocking, because normally I love spoilers. But um, – so yeah, we're just going to be talking about that that premiere. So I'm just curious, what were your what were your initial impressions, Katie? Well, I loved it. Of course, I did. I, I don't think I, I wasn't prepared to do anything less than than just absolutely love it because this is just right up my alley with the Poe Dameron story. <laughs> and Kaz just looks so adorable. The more I learned about this show, the 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 more excited I became for it. All of the characters, like especially Niku, just looked so endearing i was just ready to to chill out and have a good time with star wars i don't need this like huge crushing dramatic story i just wanted i just wanted to have fun with star wars and that's exactly what this gave me and and more surprisingly i was not expecting at all to get the the personal like prequel feeling that i got from this show Mm. i i I expected it to feel like like a modern you know like a resistance product like a sorry like a sequel era product Mm. you know where it's so firmly rooted in in the um original trilogy aesthetic and and and, you know moving forward with with that and not really thinking about the prequels at all but there was just so much prequel love seeped into the aesthetics of the colossus and all the aliens and the droids running around the sound mixing were very prequel sounds you know of course obviously the pod racing sounds yeah when uh when they're all flying like uh, there was just so much Phantom Menace love, let's just say it. It feels like the Phantom Menace. I was blown away and just, I'm so pleased. I'm so happy. It exceeded all of my expectations. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good night, you guys. Goodbye. We're done here. Podcast (laughs) over. (laughs) Good job, everyone. Good job, team. (laughs) What about you, Jason? Um, What what were your initial thoughts? um, Well, I... I figured I would enjoy it, um, but I didn't anticipate that I would enjoy it to the extent that I did, um, and that I would be so excited for for more. Um, there's a lot of interesting, quirky characters in this um, that look like we're going to get you know uh, to see a lot of because we're on a, a very uh, confined space in this show. Um, we're not really going to be leaving the Colossus that much at all. It looks like. Uh, so we're going to see these people over and over again, which I think is great. Um, but there's just a lot of fun to it, and I I I like uh, you know 
ship stories and spy stories and that kind of thing. Um, and, and, and it feels a bit like uh, like the Wraith Squadron books in the X-Wing series, which is what I was kind of hoping for. Um, it, you know, obviously there's a, it doesn't have the same idea because it's not a, a team of spy pilots. Uh, there's just the one. But there's, there's an element of those books, which I loved uh, reading as I grew up, that is in this show. And I really enjoy it. Plus, we get um, all the the prequel callbacks, which make me happy. Also, the the breadth of alien species that we have on the Colossus, from you know Phantom Menace to Last Jedi, mm-hmm. all in one space, makes me very happy as well. Um, so, I the aesthetic of it is great. I'm actually really beginning to enjoy the animation style. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. think I didn't think I'd like, especially the um, the animation style for the people. I love the ship designs. Mm. Uh, that was something I I loved from the get go. I didn't know I was going to enjoy the the character designs as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the animation for that is actually really grabbing me. And I like I really like the way this this show has the style of its own and and how that's being handled. So um, I'm just excited. I'm excited for, for what we got and I'm excited for what comes next. So um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm surprised at how much I enjoy it. Hmm. So what about you, Carl? I, yeah, I, I mean, is, is, as you know, if you've been listening in the last, you know, several months when ever since this (laughs) has been announced, I've, I like to think that I haven't at least been like overly negative about it, but I've been very upfront about not being excited for it. Um, nothing I've seen up until now really excited me. And again, I didn't walk away from being like, this is stupid. I hate it. Star Wars is ruined. But it was just more <laughs> of like I walked away from it like, OK, that looks very childish. Like it just it's not for me. Like they're very clear about who they're marketing this for. Mm-hmm. I doubt I'm going to you know, I mean, in my head, I was like, I doubt I'll like it, but that's OK. I don't care. I don't have to. Um, and then I so in a way, like. Going into it, the you know the week of, I was like, I have really no expectations. Like uh, a couple of my friends, like in a text, they were like, "So what do you what do you want out of this?" And I was like, honestly, I have no, I don't want to say anything because I don't care. Like, I just want to go mm-hmm. in it completely open, which is the first time I've ever done that with a Star Wars friend. Like anything that's come out from Star Wars. Um, no, I shouldn't say completely open. I wasn't completely open. Like in my mind, I was going into it expecting to actually dislike it. Um, I didn't want to, but I had that expectation of like, okay, nothing I've seen so far has excited me. I doubt I'm going to like this, but that's okay. So yeah. like having kind of that low expectation, it, it, not only did it like just like exceed that expectation and you know whatever sense of expectation, but it blew it away. Like I loved this, like mm-hmm. in a way that I did not expect to. And I loved it because of how real it is. It's been, and, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate in the marketing, they told us this is a kid's show. This is a kid's cartoon set in the star wars world and i think it's perfectly that if that makes sense right like it's like you were saying katie like it's it's not some big dark grand sweeping story it's just something small and personal and fun and Mm -hmm. and i love that i loved the feel to it um i loved how lighthearted it was i loved how silly it was um (laughs) and in, in such a cartoony way it worked so well it felt like star wars with the aesthetic and like you both said i absolutely love that this is touching every era of star wars right it's not shying away mm-hmm. from prequels um and mo- most of all it did the one thing i love that star wars always does 
which is it's a story about somebody seeking their dreams. Like, yeah. I think that is Star Wars. Yeah. A, a theme of Star Wars at its deepest core is that it's, a, it's stories about people reaching out for their fullest potential. And we've got another character doing that. I mean, that's why I love Solo so much. That's why I love so many aspects of Star Wars is I love character stories about characters that are seeking to be more. And that's exactly who Kaz Kaz is. Um, Kaz Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> so... I loved it. I just I thought it worked so perfectly. And the animation style, I was very negative about all the way up until I think it works great. I mm-hmm. love the ship design. I even love the characters. Now, I will say this too. I was really fortunate to get to watch this with a group of my friends and my one friend's 10-year-old son. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was I remember when Rebels premiered. I went down to New York City to watch it with like the New York City gang, like Joe Hogan and all those guys. And it was so fun watching in community. So it was really great getting to watch this. I got to watch it with my friend Greg and Ben, Ben's son, and then another buddy named Tyler. And it was so much fun. Like I loved watching it with them. And mm-hmm. like when I left that night, like I, I, the whole car ride home, I, Greg and I were talking about how much we enjoyed it. And I was actually like a tiny bit worried. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to enjoy it if I wasn't watching it. Just you know, like it's always it's yeah. always fun to enjoy things like this with community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've watched it four times since, and I've loved it every time. Like I really thoroughly right. enjoy this story. Um, yeah. It's it's so much fun, um, and and I love that it's just being something new and different, and totally mm-hmm. and totally being honest and true to itself. I, I think that's so important. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, it's probably not fair to compare it to Rebels because it's right. an apples and oranges kind of thing. But it always felt like Rebels was trying to be Clone Wars, mm. you, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And this feels kind of free of that. It it just gets to be its own thing, and they're liberated in a way. I, I feel I feel a lot better watching this show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At just kind of feeling, I don't know, I feel, I feel free in, in, this, in this little world where, um, you know, it's, it's not that nothing they do doesn't have consequence, um, but it does feel like we, we don't have the weight of, of what kind of came before holding, holding them down. You know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't really mm-hmm. have to try to be anything other than itself. And that's really liberating in a way and, and just really fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Well, and let's also, let's, let's mm-hmm. be real. There are quite a few balcony scenes in that premiere. <laughs> That's very true. That's all they do is stare out across the balcony. They, I feel like they wrote this episode for me. So they're like, "Listen, Carl Leclerc from the Wampus Lair. Like, he's got some, he's got some reservations about this. Let's throw in some balcony scenes. We'll, we will, we will, we will play every string in his heart." I mean, exactly. That's that's got to be it, Carl. Um, (laughs) Although it's kind of hard to not have balcony scenes when you know. It's just a giant floating station in the middle of yeah. the ocean. The whole you know, thing is yeah. just one big balcony. That's, that's the thing. Like, I think you said it, Jason. You know, that this whole series, we're probably, at least with like Kaz and the, the Ace team, it's, it's going to be predominantly on the Colossus. Obviously, we're going to be getting some side stuff with the First Order, which I think will be really mm-hmm. exciting. Because, again, anything to expand the history of this era, I think, will be immensely important. Um, but it, it kind of... And again, I'm not I'm not like a hardcore Star Trek person. I know very little about Star Trek, but in a way, it makes me think of Deep Space Nine, which is a lot of a lot of Star Trek fans' favorite incarnation of Star Trek. And it all right, it's predominantly takes place on this one space station. And you you tell certain stories that way, right? Like you were saying, Jason, yeah. like everybody's going to constantly be surrounded by each other. They're shaping each other. It's right. It's it's just it's yeah. It's really a microcosm type story. So I, yeah, and I, oh, yeah. in some ways, like that's my favorite kind of Star Wars stories. 
So I, I'm just I'm really excited about it. I feel okay. like like it it's really cool that that we have narrowed our scope to just kind of this one city, really. Um, going back to the Phantom Menace, that's that's part of what I why I love Moss Espa so much. Mm. Um, you know, the the movie goes to the city and then stays there for a while. Like it's a whole it's a whole big chunk of the movie just staying in this one city. And I always yeah. feel, felt like I knew Moss Espa really well just yeah. because we, we stay in this one area. You know, we visit different little locations, but I, I felt I just felt like I knew this this town. And it was like a real place that I could go visit, and like, and I would recognize the people there. I, I don't know. There's just you, you when you visit the same location week after week. I think in, in a show like this, yeah. you know, we're not moving around to different planets, not exploring the galaxy, but just this one station. I'm really excited about what that could mean and how that could feel to just know where everything is and where everyone is in it. That's it excites me very much. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Awesome. All right. I, I got I to gotta ask, though, mm-hmm. uh, by a show of hands um, okay. on a podcast, um, <laughs> how many of us uh, loves Niku the most? I raised both my hands. Both uh, my hands. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> he's so – oh, my God. What a – this is something like – and I, I think the two of you will probably like uh, agree with this to some degree. Um, this show, because of, who, again, who the audience is, it's children. Mm-hmm. It really has that feel of innocence that I haven't felt since episode one. Um, yeah. yes. And I love that. And, 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 and Niku is the perfect embodiment of – I mean he's a very Jar Jar-like character in the sense that he is yeah. just – he's just pure good, right? Like he's just a yes. good person and – um, and the literalism of him yeah. is is absolutely adorable. Um, yes, you know now, like I'm gonna be. I'm curious to know is that like a cultural thing? Do you guys know what his species is? It's a Nikto. Oh, yeah. um, that's a Nikto. Okay. That, that's okay. something that we've we've had in Return you know the Jedi. a lot of the movies and yeah. uh, you know as background aliens and most of them are like gangsters and you know okay. yeah. thugs and oh, stuff. Yeah. So this is like a total departure on the the species. Uh, that we're getting with this character from okay. what we've normally seen. I think it's just Niku being Niku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From what I, would I, I don't, be hanging? I don't think it's a species thing. Oh, it, 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 like that, 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 mo- like that first great moment with him, which I played the clip at the start, but then he immediately starts going and telling everybody that he's the greatest star pilot. I mean, <laughs> right? that's such a, like, it's so childish. Like he's, he's so full of wonder, which is another, another word I think I would throw down for resistance already is that sense of mm. wonder. Um, mm-hmm. And all Star Wars is full of wonder, but this has like, again, that like innocent wonder. Niku like is so embodies that like, he, oh, greatest star pilot. I have to go share the wonder of this. And, and he <laughs> right. starts telling everybody that by the time Kaz Kaz gets to the bar, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> um, that's for Kaz. News travels faster than you can walk to the bar yeah. um, on the Colossus. So and then and then it's so it, it's so also a little heartbreaking because when Kaz kind of lets him have it uh, when he gets so frustrated at mm. the bar trying to, you know, clear up the situation. And he just kind of, you know, goes into Niku a little bit. Niku's like, I'm sorry. I'm going to go and ponder your deception. The weight of your deception. The weight of your deception. And he, you know, hangs his head and walks out the door. And it's like, oh my gosh, you've. How dare you hurt Niku? Yeah. You know? 
He kicked a puppy. That's what that is. Oh, my God. How much, how much better would the throne room scene with Ray and Kylo have been if he'd been all like, you know, I want you to join me. And she'd just been like, I'm going to go outside and ponder the weight of your deception. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, But, uh, yeah, no, Nick is the best. He's so adorable. I just, um, you know, I can... I love that you say he's very Jar Jar-esque. I hadn't really connected those dots until you said it. And I'm like, yes, no, that's exactly it. He's he's like our new Jar Jar. Yeah. I, I can I imagine love him. him for that. I right? love him so much for that. Right, exactly. I, I, I love that type of character. Someone who's just very innocent and childish, uh, childlike in their yeah. wonder and their just kind of perception of the world. I, You know, I can imagine Niku just like stepping in Pudu and then just being like, oh, Ikiku, huh? Like, <laughs> What do you know? Oh, oh, that is not nice. You know, <laughs> I must clean this up. Yep, <laughs> he skips off. <laughs> well, uh, and notice though, like I think it's interesting the way that Poe interacts with Niku. It's, right, it's very, it's very dismissive, right? Like, yeah, it, which again makes me think did. of him like a Jar Jar type character, right? He is a mm-hmm. nuisance. He's just kind of in the way. Like Poe, Poe's not necessarily mean, but he is yeah. borderline rude, right? Like he is very dismissive of him. Yeah, he didn't um, shake his hand, which doesn't yeah. match my idea of Poe Dameron. I don't know what's up with that. Well, I think Poe's Poe's there for a reason. He's on a mission. He's got to find Jaeger. He's got to get everything set up, and then he's got to get back to the Resistance. He's got you know, this is supposed to be a quick stop off to get you know Kaz, you know, installed here on the Colossus, and then he's got to go. He's got to jet. Um, and I, I took it more as as Poe has has experience with Niku. He knows what oh, Niku's yeah. about. He he yeah. knows Niku. Um and he knows that if he gives Niku an inch, he'll be there forever. That's true. Yeah. And so, yeah. And he probably so doesn't Poe's like, yeah. I don't have time for this. I you know, I, I felt like it was more of a I don't have time for this. Yeah. Where's Jaeger? Um I don't think right. it was, you know, dismissive in the sense of being dismissive to Niku for Niku's own sake. Mm. I think he's being a little dismissive because he's got a limited amount of time he's got to talk to Jaeger and get this set up uh now yeah so, no yeah. that's fair because i don't think he's like pulling a, a complete like obi-wan in right, in right. phantom menace where he's just completely obi-wan just yeah, Obi-Wan's doesn't another pathetic life form. Uh, exactly yeah. just yeah. these jar jars like this is such a waste of time i don't think it's like that i think it is like when niku sees poe and he's like oh it has been a lengthy amount of time since i saw you and then like tries to shake his hand and poe just walks past him just like yeah okay um, I, th- I think it is because he knows that it, it, the smallest thing Niku will take and then run with. Mm, you know, yes. of course he'll say, "I did not run anywhere," but you yeah. know, like <laughs> Kaz, yes, Kaz is just daydreaming, and Niku overhears him and runs off with it. Can you imagine what kind of trouble Poe must have gotten into the first time oh, he was God. there talking <laughs> about how he's, he's the best pilot, and then Niku just like just ran with. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if Poe like just breathed the word resistance on? on that station freaking Niku overhears it and then all of a sudden did you hear Poe Dameron a leader of the resistance yeah right the church of the first order yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm honestly a little worried for Kaz because I don't know how well he can keep his mouth shut about yeah. his mission yeah. and I'm a little worried 
he's going to say something he shouldn't in front of Niku. Oh, and no. Niku's going to, you know, inadvertently get Kaz in trouble. Right. Oh, uh, no. You know, and, and, and it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's being set up that that might happen. And I'm like crossing my fingers it doesn't because I don't want there to be friction between Kaz and Niku because I love yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, you know, you got to wonder if this is something that they're setting up for the future, you yeah. know, yeah, but he can't really, maybe he can't necessarily trust Niku. Like, you know, he feels like he can't trust Niku because Niku is good and innocent and all that stuff, but he can't necessarily trust him with information, you right. know, that, which is a very different thing. He can't trust right. him as a confidant. Right. Right. Uh, though I am at Z. So I'm taking all bets now. What are the odds that Niku is the rebels, not rebel spy it first order spy? Zero. Zero. Zero? Yeah. Zero? I don't okay. know. No way. Niku is too good-hearted to be a First Order if spy. If this weren't a... Do- what if it's all an act? What, but if this were to... I just feel like even with it, the, the fact that this is a kid show, the type of yeah. character he represents, I think that'd be very deceptive for children. Okay. So he that's is, another reason like, I would say no. If I'm like going to adjust my tinfoil hat here, he yeah. is like the first one to make contact. Like as soon as Poe lands, he's all like, he's there. You know, like Niku is like there, like, like I'm gonna see what's going on, like if it is all a deception somehow. You know, well, his, his personality. But but Niku's the puppy dog of the Colossus. Ah, <laughs> so you know somebody let new lands. He's got to find out who it is. Oh my goodness, <laughs> who is this person? Oh, they are the greatest star pilot in the galaxy. This is fantastic. <laughs> I must tell everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I hope it's not a ruse. I want to believe. I'll give it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm ninety nine point eight percent convinced that he's genuine. I got to keep that like point two percent. Okay, <laughs> just, that's fair. Watch as you're right, <laughs> 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 which is fine. Um, I'd be really I would be heartbroken. I would be completely heartbroken if he way, turned well, out to be I, the first order spy. If, if they made it where he is, I feel like it wouldn't be like. I feel like in a way he'd be being played by the first order though in a way, right? Like, like Jar Jar in the Senate. Yeah. <gasps> like I could see it like in that vein. Oh, not like yeah. not him like being like a manipulative spy for the first order, but more like he's the one being manipulated for their own end, right? Oh no. Yeah, if yeah. he is Jar Jar, yeah. then that's exactly what would happen. It'd be all like, Oh man, if only somebody would vote emergency powers to, to Palpatine. Hmm, who could yeah, it be? Right? Yeah, right. like, I volunteer. If only someone would give fuel to the First Order that's just trying to make the world a better place. I will give fuel to the First Order. They are making the world a better place. <laughs> you know, right? Just like, oh my gosh, can you imagine Miku just being like so like, but they are making the world a better place. Like, yeah. you know, like just unable to understand. Like, no, they're they're lying. This is it's terrible. Well, yeah. now I don't know who to believe. Yeah. Or Miku. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, now, now the question the yeah. question is is there are you know other characters that we don't really meet you know there's there's Doza who's in charge of Colossus mm. Station mm-hmm. we don't really meet any of the ace pilots except for um, Tora Doza the the mm-hmm. daughter of mm-hmm. the you know who's the the base leader mm-hmm. um, do we think that we've met the 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 leak. In this first episode, or do we think that we might meet them in another episode? Mm, I don't know. I I want to say that they w- that they have introduced it 
you know, the, the spy to us already just, you know, to be all like, Ooh, they're playing the long game, but I don't necessarily know that I get a Imperial spy kind of vibe from anybody that we've met. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Taking all bets. Who do you guys think? Who do you think it is? I mean, no I, I want to, I want to say Greville, the little, um, ah, yeah. oh, okay. the little rats, Tyrell guy who, you know, cheats at darts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's too obvious a choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and the same with the the big bully guy, the bullseye jacket. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm oh, it up wait, here. Uh, bull, bullseye gruel. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But again, like, I, I feel like th- those are like obvious choices, right? Um, yeah. Which doesn't mean that they can't be. Um, yeah. But <gasps> what if it's Aunt what? Z? No. I mean. <laughs> Could be. I mean, she'd be taking odds on how many people would guess it before the end of the show. Um, <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> um, but but oh, here's a here's a an idea. What if it's you know Orca or Flix the, the oh the guys yeah they, run the, they uh, the supply shop yeah. yeah. I feel like it has to be somebody in the like inner workings of the Colossus. You know, somebody that have eyes and ears everywhere you know someone that that maybe people overlook in a way so i feel like it has to be somebody like a, like a you know aunt z who knows everybody or or like a flickin uh orca or orza orca and flicks orca yeah. and flicks yeah they you know they also deal with everybody on a daily basis so you know they're they're hearing all the gossip so i don't yeah i don't know i don't know that's intriguing though i like it Flicks though, you, what a good bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think it would be anybody on Jaeger's team? Could be. No. So. If it is, it's Jaeger. Mm. I was actually just thinking that. that yeah, it could right. Potentially oh be man. Jaeger. Um, that yeah. would that would be bad. The, so we should, let's talk a little bit about Jaeger too, and the fact that they <laughs> named um, a character in a children's show after a. Very hard drink. Um, <laughs> he's so the Jaeger Meister. W- when when Jaeger jumps in the pool, he's like Jaeger bomb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Jaeger bomb. Oh, maybe that's like his special like flying move. It's the yeah. Jaeger bomb. You know, j- so just now with that question in my mind though, Katie, about like who could the spy be? Th- that that great little balcony scene between he and Poe and. Um, it's clear that Jaeger used to be part of the the New Republic, um, yeah. and he's done fighting. But the way he's again, this is obviously me reading into it the way you're asking the question, Katie. But um, when he's like, the Empire's gone, right? Like yeah. it's almost it's so dismissive of like you've got nothing to worry about, right? Like you're focusing on the past, and Poe like Poe was there to no, no, I'm not. Like I know they're gone, but there's a new threat, and that's what I'm focused on. And, and Jaeger is kind of. Like, well, my fighting days are over, right? Like, I'm done with this. So that, if he was indeed, I feel like that's the one little clue we got in this episode. The way he just kind of tries to dismiss everything that's happening. Like, the New Republic reigns, don't worry about it. You know, type of a thing. Yeah, he says, you know, like, I'm leaving them in the past. And it's like, no, they're they're not in the past. Right. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Yeah. I don't want it to be Jaeger. I don't want it to be Jaeger. I don't either. I don't either, but that's yeah. the only. I mean, he'd be the deepest cut right now in a way. Exactly, right? yeah. So, mm-hmm. especially yeah. since they're like they're setting him up as like you know the the um, Canaan to to Kaz's Ezra. Right. You know, he's like yeah. the new kind of almost father figure. 
to uh, to Kaz. You know, especially since like you know Kaz obviously has issues with his dad and his dad mm-hmm. trying to like you know control his life and everything. If it did come down to like you know Jaeger is part of the first order and Kaz's biological father is is a senator, you know, and Kaz being pulled in these two directions, like that would be that would be fascinating. I don't know if that's really the story they're telling, but that's just that's me spinning my fanfic wheels. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, uh, I don't. I don't want it to be Ager either. That would be so sad, but fascinating. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, there's also the the potential it could be Bucket. Oh, Bucket! No, <laughs> <laughs> Bucket! How dare I, you? I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it would be Bucket because um, I mean, who would who would who would put a hundred year old droid, you know, hundred plus year old droid as a spy. I mean, if you're being super sneaky, you might, but, um, I think that droid has too many quirks and is too unreliable for someone you know, at that, you know, for it being that old for someone to, to make bucket the spy. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I've got other thoughts on Jaeger, but they are in relation to, uh, episodes Carl hasn't seen, mm-hmm. so I will not say them. Um, <laughs> Does he do a Jaeger bomb? You know uh, no. it. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, not quite. You know, the, um, but no, you know, I just, I, again, I. This is obviously me talking about things that I love about Star Wars, but I love those little character moments that we get throughout this episode. Now, I've read a lot of, I've read a lot of things online where everything I've read has been very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few people were saying like the the first episode is a little slow, but. It definitely points us in the right direction. I can see that, but I really like slow stuff in Star Wars. Like, I love character oh, building sure. moments. And I think, mm-hmm. and I would imagine for a kid, this could have been a little slow. Um, but it's also, again, that was a 44 minute episode as opposed to a 22 minute episode. But there are a lot of, and, and I think they do a good job with it because it feels natural the way the characters are being built. Um, and in a way, it's being very Star Warsy in the sense of, big and grand and mythical in the sense of like the way people mm-hmm. talk and think and dream is so larger than life which yeah. i think is important because that, like, that's especially especially good for a kid like i i'm really glad i got to watch this the first time with my with my buddy's you know 10 year old yeah. son um, i mean that's the target audience and he was just absolutely in love with kaz um <laughs> and that's awesome it was it was just really great like there's so many great little moments in in this where like in a way Kaz is on a hero's journey or you know mm-hmm. oh, um, definitely. you know he's being recognized by an elder in Poe as having something special in him Poe says that a few times yeah. um and and sets him on this course to to do more with his potential and it requires him to let go of of his family let go of his comfortability that he's been yeah. afforded his whole life and go out on his own and you know he's got that great little moment where i think he's talking to bb8 you know Mm -hmm. when he's sitting there at dusk and he stands up i mean again it this is so star wars because the symbolism is very in your face and i like that yeah Um, (laughs) you know i I don't want to have to think too much about that sort of stuff that's why i don't want (laughs) that's why i don't watch artsy films like no i'm all i'm all set thanks um but you know you know kaz is sitting there at at dusk as the night is falling and he literally says like tomorrow it's all on me i'm gonna do this i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do this for myself like it's him mm-hmm. rising up to become a new person a new character um mm. and and i just i love that like and and 
like he even gets to share that moment with Niku, right? Like Niku has yeah. his own dream, right? To, to live in the uh, the tower. What's the name of that tower? Doza Tower. Doza Tower, Doza. right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to learn out. I want to learn more about that. Makes me want to know more about Niku. Why does he want to be there? You know, what's so bad about being out here? What you know? What motivates him for that? Right? Like, it's these it's these great little moments that make you want to know more about the characters and and leave that room for growth and development and and yeah. and history um, to be developed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm super excited to see Doza Tower and you know see what's going on in there. I feel like um, they're setting up the the aces, like those five you know best pilots that you know and Kaz got to pick which one he wanted to race. They all live in Doza Tower because you know they're the best. You have to be the best to get in there. And I like and I feel like we're gonna see in there, you know, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. I hope we don't have to wait too long until <laughs> like you know the end of season or something. I don't know. Um, but I feel like, um, one, they, they at least set up Tora. I think they're, we're going to get to know her better, um, if only because, like, uh, her, her father runs the platform. Mm. And, uh, you know, the tower is named after her. She's Tora Doza. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's named for her family. Right. Uh, so right. I feel like we're going to get to know her better. And also that they made a point of showing her checking in on Kaz to make sure that he was still alive, you know, to make sure he's still okay. I'm like, all right, Tora, you're, you're all right. You know, yeah. you know what's up. I so mean, I, yeah. there's also the possibility she's the Imperials or the first oh, order you spy. Think? What are the odds? What are you? What do you give? What are the odds on Tora? The odds? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say uh, about three thousand seven hundred twenty to one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'm not Han Solo at all because you can tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I uh, I could oh my gosh I again if I'm gonna like spin my fan fiction wheels I could see Tora maybe being in over her head a little you know maybe trying to to do something new and exciting like she heard about the first order some sort of you know pilot came in and was talking about the first order and she's like I'm gonna you know <laughs> I'm gonna do something my dad wouldn't approve of and support the first order on the sly like you know if she is like well off or you know wealthy then maybe she has the funds to do that. I don't know. I could see it. It might be cool. I think it's a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. So I think but, it's, I think know, it's Foden bead. It's Foden. It's definitely Foden bead. Yeah. Is there even going by an alias in the show? What's the name of their supposed character again? Jack Sivrak. Yeah, that's just an alias. It's Foden yeah. bead working for the First Order. Right, it. right, exactly. It's like it's their new stage name. Jack Jack yeah. Sivrak is Foden Bead's stage name for the class. Right, yeah. <laughs> and our newest, our newest contestant, Kaz Kaz. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. I like seriously. I was sitting on my couch and I just bursted out laughing when he said Kaz Kaz because, like, it. I mean, Kaz is a pretty Star Wars name to begin with, but then Kaz Kaz is just the perfect Star Wars name. It. I was like, of course. Kaz Kaz doesn't sound weird in Star Wars. It's I mean <laughs> after Jar Jar, Kaz Kaz yeah. is perfect, you know. <laughs> oh, I love you, Kaz Kaz. I have to tell everybody I was uh writing down my thoughts, making some notes on this episode for you know for podcasting, and I have a, a line here where I just wrote Kaz Kaz in all caps with a bunch of hearts. <laughs> 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 <'Cause> <laughs> all right, I, I gotta ask you guys uh, yeah. another question. Um yeah. The race itself. Mm. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. What, what are your thoughts yeah. on 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 the race setup that we've got for this? Because it's fun. It's action packed, and I love it. So yeah, uh, right. I want to I want to know what y'all's thoughts are. 
I thought, yeah, I just thought it was really fun. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it had that same feel as the pod race in, in yep. Phantom Menace without being like a third of the movie long. Um, <laughs> so I just remember the good old days before Phantom Menace had its DVD, then Blu-ray release where they added like oh, eight yeah. million things. Um, no, I love that. Yeah, like, but, oh, well, it's just for me, it's because Anakin just can't catch a break. Everything goes wrong for him. His garbage ship is falling apart and he right, has to repair it ship, as he's yeah. racing. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, but like, but I, but I love the feel of this. And, and again, like, mm-hmm. that's right. I mean, nothing says Star Wars, George Lucas Star Wars, like a good race. You yeah, know? like fast um, ships. Yeah, and those ships, the ship designs are so cool. I yeah. really like them. Um, you know, like well, one of the ship. one of the aces um, is uh, Griff Halloran. He's the black ace. He's got like a you know a Tie Fighter cockpit um, as sort of the base for his ship. It's kind of weird. He's he's an yeah. old old Imperial Tie pilot. You yeah, know, I mean they even right they the say that circuit. on their way there. You know, all like all sorts of old Republic and Imperial vets like hang out here. Right, like it's it's a place yeah. where people go to compete. Um, so which is That's- really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I, yeah. It just has that that Moss Espa feel to me because it's that's very much how Moss Espa always felt. You know, where all these like you know really different aliens and would just come in and and race. <laughs> and the fact that like you know Aunt Z takes bets on all of it, it just you know it, gambling everything around here revolves around betting on those awful races. It's just <laughs> that. Oh my gosh. The, the only thing that stops this from being Moss Espa is like, you know, Darth Maul zooming by in the background on his motorcycle. Like it <laughs> this might as well be Moss Espa with like the pitroids. Oh. <laughs> so so are you saying Aunt, Aunt Z is the Shmi Skywalker of the resistance? <laughs> No, she's more like she's the huts, you know. It's like That's- if somebody won't pay up, it's all like, uh, you want to take this matter to Aunt Z? It's like, no. No, don't. No, don't throw me over the side. <laughs> there the are large creatures thought. down there who eat smaller creatures like <laughs> like you, Kaz. Um. Like you. I love it. I love that Aunt Z is the one who has you thrown over the side. That's what Jaeger says. He says, like, if you don't race, Aunt Z has, has them throw you over the side. And I'm like, I love it. I love that she's, that she's like, in charge. Like, sure, Doza owns the station, but Aunt Z's in charge. You know it. <laughs> Because she's got to make money off you. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I have a a question that uh, you'll backpedal a little bit. Do you guys think they're setting up a big reveal with Kaz's father? Like, it was really weird to me that yeah. we didn't get to see him at the beginning. Like, they they distorted his image. I was like, are, are they just? Is it is it someone we know? Are they trying to set up a reveal there, or do you think they were just you know whatever? I thought the same thing, Katie. Yeah. It's like, why, yeah. why not just show us? I mean, because, right, like the idea is that he can't see mm-hmm. Kaz because yeah. it's a scrambled thing. But he could have just said that line, right? Like, Kaz, I can't see you. It um, could have been audio even, right. you know? But the, yeah. just, I, mm-hmm. I, I do think that's very curious. Now, I looked at like the uh, kind of behind, like, behind the story type stuff they have at StarWars.com. And apparently mm-hmm. Kaz grew up on Hosnian Prime. So he's, oh. he's oh, been... I- um, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. Yeah, he's so. I mean, he grew up in the comfortability of the New Mm -hmm. Republic, right? He's obviously got a a, a pretty prominent father figure, Um, and uh, yeah. So I just, I, I I think it's going to be important who the Mm -hmm. father might be. Um, And again, like this is what I. This was the one thing I was most excited about when they did announce this, is Mm -hmm. the fact that we're getting some sense of the history of of the sequel trilogy. 
I love that the New Republic really is like they're in charge. Like they they've yeah. got the fleet. I also love the logo that they have, um, which I know mm-hmm. was introduced in the in the uh, aftermath trilogy books. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the way it looks on their their pilots. And apparently those, because I remember every, we were as we were watching it, we we're like those. Uh, oh, I guess the animation style they're just making those X wings look wider, right? Like the the <laughs> S foils. But apparently it's a yeah. newer model than what they use in the Resistance. Oh, so yeah, it, it's the, that makes it's, sense. It's a T eighty five that they're flying at the beginning of Resistance, mm-hmm. which is the X wings of the New Republic. The Resistance yeah. has a little bit of an older model, the T seventy, which is obviously cool. newer than the T sixty five, but. Um, right, but yeah, yeah, so I thought that was neat. Um, it was really cool. I'm just I I'm so not prepared for Kaz to lose his home planet, you know. Especially like I'm drawing connections here in my brain to like he idolizes Leia and he thinks she's the bravest person in the galaxy, and you know she yeah. had to she had to watch Alderaan be destroyed, and I'm like I'm thinking about oh, Kaz, geez, yeah, seeing Hosni and Prime destroyed. I'm not I'm not ready. <laughs> do you do you think oh. do you think that we will have the events of Force Awakens and Last Jedi happen during this show? Or do you think this show will be over before we get there? I think 100% yes. If if we get a season two, we will definitely see Force Awakens from the events, you know, from Kaz's point of view. You yeah. know, what, whatever he's up to. This is only six 100%, months before yes. Force Awakens, so it's freakishly close. Yeah, yeah, it's six, exactly. Six months? Six months before Force Awakens. Oh, I so didn't, it's thank like, you for telling me that. Yeah. I didn't know where to put it. Yet. It's yeah, wildly it's, close. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's just tantalizingly, oh, it's like, oh. Uh, yeah. It's right, it's right there. And yeah. so I, I, I don't think it'll be the finale of season one. It would be a heck of a finale, but I I don't think so. I think they they would save that for a season two. Yeah, you know, I agree. So too, yeah. Like the season one will be more about him establishing himself on the Colossus Mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah, Um, yeah. And maybe finding who the spy is, you know, and then that's when really, you know, the the shiz hits the fan, and uh, and you know, and he really starts confronting the first order, and then that leads us into the events of Force Awakens in in season two. So, yeah. 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 For real. Oh, there's there's another character I wanted to talk about because we haven't talked about her at all. Uh let's talk about Tam. What did you guys think of Tam? She is uh the the mechanic working mm-hmm. uh for uh, for Jaeger. It, yeah. Yeah. She's very She's so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love how tiny she is. She's I, tiny with a huge personality and a oh, huge yeah. attitude. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, like I can't help but like, no wonder she's so annoyed. Like she's been working on the ship because she wants to fly it, right? Like right. She's, she's putting in the work, she's putting in the toil, and here comes this kid, and yeah. she's just being told by Jaeger that he's going to be flying it, and it's just like what right. you know? Like, oh my god, uh, I have a lot of feelings about that because there's. It's I relate to that anger where you're, you know, a woman and you're working really, really hard. And then some guy with nothing more than God given talent bungles into the situation and then he gets what you've been working really hard for. It's that's really relatable. To be fair, Jaeger says that he is loaning the ship to Kaz. Right. Right. He's loaning it. So I'm like, okay. But if she if she fixes the ship, she's been working for it. She should get it. I'm just I'm just right. saying. Agreed. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Although uh, she seemed rather impressed with his flying ability, so <laughs> she might she might be willing to you know work alongside Kaz. You know, provided the relation their 
the way their interpersonal relationship uh, develops to the point where they're friends uh, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, her looking, you know, slanty eyed at him the whole time. Um, you know, maybe she'd be willing to work alongside him as as his mechanic, you know, mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, him being uh, potentially an ace pilot here. So um, that could change. But, uh, you know, right now, definitely, she's I, I can totally get her irritation. And yeah. I mean, let's face it, uh, Kaz's superpower is uh, annoying <laughs> people uh, on the Colossus. So um, I don't think there's anybody on the Colossus except Niku that isn't at least somewhat annoyed with Kaz. Yeah. He's just like he's just like plus twenty aggro everywhere he walks. Like he just like you know, it's just annoyance radiates off of him and, and draws in people. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that's a superpower. I love how you say that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I think oh, I think Tam's great. I can't wait to learn more about her. Um, I you know, obviously we didn't get much sense of her background or, or her story really in this first episode, but, um, you know, she, uh, uh, as you say, she has this really big personality. So I, I don't think she'll be quiet for very long. I think we'll, we'll, uh, discover more about her and, and I'm here for it. Like most of the show, I'm just, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so, uh, I don't know. Do we, do we want to keep going? Are we, we, we good. We think we've covered, covered enough to, uh, we haven't we haven't covered uh, gorgs. <laughs> gorgs. Okay. The little the little tiny fish things with the teeth. Oh, okay. the gorgs. Sure. <laughs> who can, who yeah. can eat them? They're so cute. Chewbacca would try. Chewbacca, Chewbacca would. Yeah. Mind. yeah, he would Chewbacca. try. He would like he would like have three on a on a stick and like you know turning them over a fire and then like four other gorgs would be looking at him like please don't eat us. <laughs> and he would just chow down anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh! There um, apparently there was a gorg hanging on the um, the what's it called the food vendor in the Phantom Menace that you know Jar Jar ate the you know grabbed the chuba from. Oh right! Oh my gosh! When Kaz went to go buy one, I half expected uh, it to be all like, "Hey, that cost seven whoopee!" Whoopee! 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 Oh my gosh! Uh, Disney, how long until I see a Doug? I need to see another Doug in Star Wars. <laughs> it's been too long. <laughs> I, Chuba. Chuba. <laughs> so screwing the Dopot Slimo. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my gosh. Oh, Slimo. I love the use of Slimo in this. Son of a Slimo. Yeah, like oh, apparently it's Hutties for slime ball, but the fact that that they're using it's like you know the epithet of choice around the Colossus just like steals my heart. I'm just like this is Moss Espa, like somebody somebody at Disney like really wanted to make a pod racing Moss Espa show, and Disney looked at that as like okay, but how do we get BB-8 into this? Oh, well, yeah, what about that? When Poe left BB-8, were you guys surprised? Yeah, uh, yeah what? A little like, bit. with that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. But in a way, I think it's also – it says something important about Poe though, right? Like that mm-hmm. Poe – because he has also just for the second time said to Kaz like, there's something special mm-hmm. about you, kid. Like stay here. Like this is – you're going to do great things here. And that's what he says. To, he reiterates that to BB-8 like, 
you know, keep an eye on him. He's going to do something great here. And I think him leaving BB-8 behind, because I think Kaz is obviously, understandably, like, very, you know, dissettled with, um, unsettled, dissettled is not a word, Carl. Um, he's unsettled with the fact that Poe, his, his hero, his heroic icon is now just up and leaving, but Poe leaves a part of himself by leaving BB-8 too, right? So that's, yeah. you know, that's Poe's trusted droid that he's leaving behind. So I think it's cool that he does it because it reinforces how important he thinks Kaz is. Yeah, like I understand that logically, but it just didn't feel right in my heart. I had to lay down on the floor and I'm like, Poe, you're giving me abandonment issues. So just how could you leave BB-8 behind? I know it's yeah. only for six months because <laughs> it'll, it'll be back, but uh, I'm just was not OK with it emotionally. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was a little strange, but, you know, this is an important, you know, Poe is stressed. This is a very important mission. And so he needs – I think part of it is he's got to leave BB-8 there uh, so that BB-8 can quickly contact Poe and the Resistance uh, whenever, you know, information breaks on, on, yeah. on Kaz's mission. Yeah. Uh, when, when they find out who it is or they learn something about the First Order, uh, BB-8's there as the, the communication go-between. I yeah, think. Um, it could. Yeah, and, definitely be like plot device kind of thing. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, this is Kaz's first spy mission, so he's got to <laughs> he's got to give you know BB-8 you know to you know to Kaz to keep an eye on him, uh, so that you know Kaz can get a little bit of a tutorial um, on how to spy because um, <laughs> he's not very good at it. Um, <laughs> but I, you know. It was a little strange, but it it made sense to me within the context of of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, BB BB eight will, will likely leave at some point um, when when Kaz starts to feel more comfortable with what he's doing. Um, but you know, for now, I'm I'm perfectly fine with having BB eight rolling around uh, on the Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess I have I have one last question. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, ten being listening to my heart go will go on at midnight. How hard did you cry when you saw Poe wearing Finn's jacket? Oh, because <laughs> I was a solid eleven. That's that's how hard I cried. Well, it's still Poe's jacket. So I—I oh, I was, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I was, I was just like, oh great! I—I—I I, I saw it. And I was like, oh cool! He's got his jacket. I'm glad. I was glad to see him wearing his jacket. So <laughs> before he gave it to Finn, uh, that was honestly my reaction. But so that was, hearing... that was my only reaction. I was like, oh cool! He's got his jacket here. So so that's a solid six from Jason. What what about you, Carl? <laughs> uh, um. I mean, I just thought it was great that he had it because, again, it gave us a sense of connection to mm. what we're going to get to. So crying, uh, I put it at a one because I didn't find it emotional. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. Um, but on the cool scale, I'd give it a solid seven. Nice. Um, but yeah. Uh, um, I think I'm more with Carl on the cool scale, not the not the emotional <laughs> crying yeah. scale. So. I'm just like looking at that jacket and thinking about Finn somewhere in the first order, and I'm like, near, far, wherever <laughs> you are. That would make it better. <laughs> um. 
okay then. I mean, now now I see now I see where you're coming from with yeah. this. Okay. <laughs> uh, how? Oh, I guess I do. Uh, that made me think of like, what if we see Finn? No, I guess he's working janitorial staff at, at this point. Right yeah, now, you I mean, know, we won't see him as a stormtrooper. Yeah, he said could. that we could. Jack if, was his first mission. So. Yeah, but we he worked on Starkiller Base. Okay. So, so we could see him like popping it up, like Kaz right. runs by doing something important, and Finn's just there mopping. <laughs> no, no, well, whenever we whenever we cut to Starkiller Base, because we mm-hmm. you know we see it at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure we'll we'll get cutbacks to it. Um, you know, yeah. periodically, we we could see him. You know, cleaning up something in the background. You know, it's possible. I don't necessarily know. I mean, they could they could just like have a bunch of stormtroopers in the back and say, you know, retroactively, oh, that one's FN two one eight seven. You know, right? But yeah. uh, you know, that's here's you know, my big I, question. I, I don't necessarily think we're gonna get like a big zoom in and this is Finn. You know. <laughs> Well, his name this isn't been, Finn. One day he'll wear a pose jacket. Yeah, one day. He's not Finn yet, right? No. Oh, um, true. Yeah, he's FN1287. 2887, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think are the chances of seeing a Kylo or a Snoke appearance? Oh. I think we'll see Kylo. Um, Snoke, yeah. I don't think so. I think uh, Kylo, 10 out of 10, definitely will see. Um, we, you know, might not be for very long, might just be a really brief cameo, but 10 out of 10, yeah, we'll see him. We saw Vader in Rebels, we'll see Kylo in, in Resistance. Um, I think- Snoke, ooh, it's a hologram, maybe. We could see mm. hologram Snoke. Yeah. I, I can definitely see Snoke being mentioned, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think we will see him. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think the the likelihood of us seeing um hux is higher yeah uh, hux i'll give a nine i think yeah i think we'll definitely see hux um what about kennedy oh i would love it if we saw 20 out of 10 we will see him (laughs) twice (laughs) he's gonna be in every episode we're gonna see his fire on the colossus (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) we should have launched our racer Five <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we oh. find out that Kennedy is an ace pilot. Like, not only is oh, he a great, yeah. <laughs> great military leader, he's also an amazing pilot. Uh, I could see it. I could totally see that. Uh, I oh, sorry to spoil like <laughs> the finale for you guys with the Kennedy, Kennedy cameo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh man. Well, you know oh. what? I think uh, I think we're all in agreement that Resistance is fun, mm-hmm. and it's worth watching. Yep, um, check yeah. it out. <laughs> I feel like if you've listened to this much of the episode, we probably should have said spoiler alert at the beginning. <laughs> but I think that's kind of understood when you do something like this. Um, and we're also doing this like a few days after it's been out, so I don't feel bad. Um, but also, if you've listened this long, I'm going to assume you've watched it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see where they go with it. I'm looking forward to just having a really fun, light Star Wars cartoon to get to watch every week. Um yeah. and, and you know, yeah. the thing with I started getting really disappointed in Rebels, mainly because I felt like it was all over the place as it was coming to an end. In the sense yeah. of like we were getting these really good, intense episodes, then we would get these really goofy, silly things I didn't care about. And I remember a lot of times I'd you know, I'd I'd stop watching an episode of Rebels. I'm like, oh, that was such a waste of my time. But I hate saying that because I love these characters, but I don't necessarily love the story they've just told me. 
Um, there was a you know the stakes were high because we have a, we have Vader occasionally showing up, we have Tarkin mm-hmm. showing up, right? We have Jedi in training, even though they're oddly close to a new hope like yeah. the stakes were very high with something like rebels what i really again like about this and, and the same way that i would say is true of both the standalone films we've gotten so far is the stakes are a lot lower in a way right um yeah. you can have you know like you said earlier like you can just have a little bit more fun with it because you're not yeah. bound by anything so and this is also a part of the star wars history that we know next to nothing about so anything mm-hmm. we learn i think will be will eat up and i think we'll be excited to learn yeah. But, you know, it's it's very well established here in this premiere what kind of story we're going to get. And it's one where, um, again, like it's, it's just going to be a very free and fun story. And if you just accept that, I think you're going to have a lot of fun watching this every week. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It, it you know, they, they say it's designed for a younger audience and in a sense it is. But I had a ton of fun watching it and it, I I didn't feel like I was being talked down to with the episode mm-hmm. um you know while while the characterization and some of the humor is definitely geared to appeal towards a younger audience it wasn't kitty mm-hmm. so to mm-hmm. to just reassure people on that front it wasn't like you know kitty humor um i mean you know you toss a guy over the edge and you know <laughs> what what was that what was what <laughs> the screaming and the falling over there you know, I mean, honestly, I I thought it was funny, uh, and mm. and you know, you, you get that kind of moment, and you almost want to call Kaz a spaz, you know, you know. So we're gonna have Kaz the spaz. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be my nickname for Kaz Kaz now. Kaz Kaz, Kaz, Kaz the spaz. Kaz. Uh, but uh, but you know, I, that's about as kitty as the humor was, I think. Mm. Um, and it was something very subtle. Uh, Humor-wise, I enjoyed, just to bring up one little point, um, when Kaz and Niku are going to uh, acquire the parts to to fix up the fireball, um, Mm -hmm. there's that that alien, the big, furry, giant-headed alien um, that is waxing the floor um, (laughs) as they walk into the, uh, walk down the hall into the... uh, to see Orca and Flix to get their parts. Um, and he's waxing the floor and then Niku and Kaz and BB eight just walk right over where he was waxing. He just kind of <laughs> looks at them like, I, I must've missed, the heck? I I'm missed cleaning, that. I yeah. just ruined that. You know? <laughs> I totally missed that. Oh man. I got to watch that again. It somewhere, was... somewhere Finn is shedding a single tear and he doesn't know why. It was very tear. subtle. It was very subtle. And he gives this look to BB-8 and BB-8 kind of like almost shrugs um, <laughs> as he rolls across. He and doesn't it just... have his shoulders, but he right. shrugs. Right. It, it, it was that kind of attitude. Um, but it's, it's blink and you miss it. But it was so subtle and so funny to me. I was like, that's, that's good. That's good stuff that they purposely animate that in there so um, <laughs> anyway yeah. that's all i got to say I, on resistance now so i'm sure we'll revisit resistance later um yeah oh, most I, certainly I think, I most certainly so <laughs> um but yeah so th- there you go that that's our, our, our initial thoughts on at least the premiere of resistance uh, I, I, there's a lot of promise here i'm excited about it yeah. um, yes but uh but before we wrap this up um just a uh, again a reminder 
I forgot to say at the start of the episode because I just my mind went blank because I was so excited about Resistance that we are of course continuing with the radio drama. So if if you're if you've been listening along, stick around at the end of the episode for episode four of the A New Hope radio drama titled "While Giants Mark Time." Oh, that's a powerful title. It I is like a powerful it. title. I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but we have a matchup for next episode. We Ooh. do, and this is a very. Um, it's it's one of those matchups where I it's, it's like a great what if scenario. Like the very first yes. one I had when we first did a matchup was like that moment in Attack of the Clones when Mace draws down on Dooku. It's like, ooh, who would win this fight? <laughs> so there's a great moment in Last Jedi where the First Order springs its trap on the Resistance ship. Kylo goes out and Poe's running to his beloved X-wing. Who, who'd win that? Who'd win that fighter duel between Kylo Ren and Poe Dameron? Who wins? In the duel of fighters, obviously, like, yes, like, in a ground battle, Kylo's going to wipe the floor with Poe because he's got the force. But when po, it comes to po the Poe already ships, took a shot at Kylo, and yeah. Kylo paused the blaster bolt in midair. Like, right. we already know yeah. how that would shake out. Right. So, but, but behind the, the cockpit of a ship, Poe is yeah. a, a dynamo. So who in a, wins? In a dogfight. Yes. Who wins in the yeah. dogfight between Kylo Ren and Poe Dameron? I I love this idea because it's something that we thought we might get based on trailers and stuff for The Last Jedi. We're like, oh, could we get this? This could be fantastic. I'd love to see yeah. this. And then it didn't happen. And we're like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, we st- were, I still want we were, it. I'm, we were cheated. I'm cheated, still, I say. I'm holding out hope for nine. It's got to happen. Come on. You can't, can't leave us wondering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely let us know who you think would win on a matchup like that. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about that. And Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup or weigh in on any of our discussion on the resistance, um, where can people do that? Uh, you, of course, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter um, at Wampas Lair. We're on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can send us an email at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, we've got a Patreon if you want some expanded content. And uh, want to join the Patreon family? Head over to patreon.com slash podcast. And Katie, you're always spitting such amazingly deep and insightful thoughts on the Star Wars Twitter page of yours. Where do folks find you? Uh, you can find me at Poe Hot Dameron on Twitter. It's always good times over there. And my crazy random Star Wars thoughts. I'm glad you're amused by them, Carl. Not, at least one. I'm not one am- of my followers. Like <laughs> they are amusing because a lot of times they're very silly, but they're also oh. ti- at times like incredibly like holy crap. That's such a great thought. So oh, that's that's my favorite ones. So I mean, there is a reason that we asked you to be on the show, Katie. Oh, um, yeah. So. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could, but uh, we need to wrap up the episode. So, <laughs> do y'all have anything else to say before we close this down? No, no, I'm just excited for some more resistance. You're All here. Right. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 304, Resistance Premiere. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair.
Star Wars, Episode 4, While Giants Mark Time. time ago in a galaxy far far away there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire and there came a moment in that long struggle when the hope of freedom rested not with any great hero or leader but rather with the humblest of characters high above the sandy wastes of the desert planet Tatooine a pitched space battle between starships has been fought to its conclusion. The rebel leader, Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan, has been captured by the Emperor's personal agent, Darth Vader. Entrusted to deliver secret information the Princess could no longer protect is the astro-droid R2-D2. With his interpreter counterpart, C-3PO, R2 has eluded capture by leaving Leia's disabled vessel in an escape pod. mad ideas have brought us out. Sand. Nothing but sand in every direction. Why I went along with this insane whim of yours, I still can't imagine. You ought to be grateful I got you out of that pot. I wasn't designed for that sort of brute labor. I'd have been better off taking my chances with the stormtroopers back there on the tent of Ivor. Wait a minute. Where are you going? Artu, wait for me. Oh, 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 don't you ignore me. I still haven't forgiven you for that crash landing. My Jarvis is still fluttering. You see, my equilibrium is quite gone. But of course you're having trouble with this sand dude. What do you think you are, an exploration vehicle? Oh, we seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. I've simply got to rest before I fall apart. My joints are almost frozen with sand. Oh. Oh. Wait, where are you going? Over that way? Well, I'm not going over that way. It's much too rocky. I'm going this way. Oh, yes? And just what makes you so sure there are settlements over there? Don't get technical with me, you grudge. Mission? What secret plans? I've just about had enough of this. Go that way. Go on. Here, I'll start you off. You'll be clogged with sand and malfunctioning within a day, you nearsighted scrap pile. Absolutely not. And don't let me catch you crawling back begging for help, because you won't get it. Nope. No more adventures. I am going this way. You're on your own from now on. <laughs> Any 
Anything to report? Nothing so far, sir. Deploy your squads along that dune ridge and stay alert. Yes, sir. Follow me, you men. You, get inside that escape pod and check it out thoroughly. Yes, sir. Rest of you spread out and search for tracks. I want the entire area secured. Let's go. We must continue until we find something, Lieutenant. Lord Vader will not accept a failure of this mission. We're checking now, Commander. You in there, what have you found? The scanner shows no sign of occupants, sir, or of the data tapes either. I want that pod torn apart. The scanner reads negative, Lieutenant. Someone's already taken the plans and gotten away. One of the men found this near the pod. It's a plating ring from a droid, sir. Droids? That's how the plans got off the princess ship. Lieutenant, make contact with our vessel and get more troops down here. Yes, sir. Inform Lord Vader that I'm organizing a search of the entire region and tell him what we're hunting. Droids from the Princess Leia's ship. Oh, this is all Artu's fault. Demented little twerp. He tricked me into going this way. He'll do no better. I don't think I can go on much further. My photoreceptors will be burned out by those binary suns. My joints will lock up and up, overheat. Oh, oh, this fortune has always pursued me. Oh. Oh, what's that over there? Oh, something gleaming. It's, it's some kind of transport machine. Oh, whoever they are, they'll, they'll know something about repair. Repair? They'll have lubricants. Oh, oh, oh. Over here! Help! Help! Please help! Over this way! You've got to see me! You simply have to! Changing course. Ah, they're coming this way. Oh, oh, oh. I'm saved. Oh, oh, oh. Stop, please, stop. Oh, oh, you'll crush me. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, they stopped. Oh, thank goodness. this? A ramp? Oh, they mean to take me on board now. This is more like it. Can those be children? What strange roads? I can't see under their hoods except their glowing eyes. How eerie. What are you doing? Let go! Oh, I my joint went clogged. Take your hands off me, you filthy little creatures. No, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot. There's no reason to go pointing that gun. I'm really friendly, see? My hands are in the air. What do you want me to do? Oh, yes, yes, I'm holding still, see? What's that? No, 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 not a restraining bolt. No, no, no. Haven't I been through enough? I don't suppose you happen to have seen anything of my counterpart, a rather short asteroid. Yes, yes, a machine sort of like me, about waist high to me. He was heading off in that direction the last time. Wait, wait, what are you doing? Stop pushing. What do you want me to do? Stand here under this conduit, like so. Might I ask what you're going to do?
Uncle Owen? Mm. Well, I couldn't find anything at Anchorhead or Tashi Station. Well, maybe we could do without any help from droids, Luke. Hard work might see us through. But we're never going to be able to keep this farm at peak efficiency <clears throat> through the harvest without more help. With one or two more droids, we'd make a much bigger profit. And where do you suppose we're going to find this help if there's nothing in Anchorhead or Tashi Station? There'll be a Jawa Sandcrawler through here soon. Uh, Maybe they'll have something. Uh, those little scavengers. Find some piece of broken-up machinery, wire it together with flexor cord and spit, and after a few hours functioning, it falls apart. Well, it wouldn't hurt to look. <sighs> yeah, I guess not. Mm. Your aunt keeps pestering me for a domestic droid to help her around the house anyway. All right, send a signal flare up. If those Jawas are in the area, they'll come pretty quick. Great. Thanks, Uncle Owen. Oh, Ridley. This is the strangest collection of droids and robots I've ever seen. After all I've been through to be picked up by these disgusting creatures and dumped in a sort of glorified salvage bin. I'm mortifying. What? Oh, oh, what? R2-D2. R2. It is you. It is you. Oh, R2-D2. They sucked you up in that horrible thing too, did they? Yes. Well, those creatures who captured you, us, are called Jawas, I managed to find out. And uh, this vehicle is referred to as a sand crawler. Oh, well, Yes. That is, I, I'm afraid that I was partially at fault there. You see, I merely asked those Jawas earlier if they'd seen anything of me. I did not tell them where you were on purpose. If you must know, I was simply concerned for you, 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 you short-circuited incompetent. This is the thanks I get. Oh, 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 we're off again. Well, how should I know where we're going? I wish they hadn't captured you. Now I'm forced to endure your insufferable company again. You... guess that those Jawas have brought us out here to auction us off. We seem to be at some kind of moisture farm. Oh, look, there are humans over there. Maybe they'll purchase us. Then we'll be free of those awful Jawas. Artu, Artu, get back in line. Artu, get back in line. They'll never buy... Artu, what are you doing to that half high unit? Artu, R2-D2, you know droids are not supposed to modify other droids without human supervision. Honestly, I don't know what's got into you. Here come the humans. Get back in line. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you straight off. I don't want any junkers, rebuilds, or scrap heap candidates. Oh, already got a treadwell. Don't need another. What's this? A Mark II reactor drone? I haven't used these clunkers in 20 years. Hmm. No, got no use for a power droid. Well, I might be able to use an R2 unit. What? But this blue one's kind of beaten up. Talks too much, too. Well, this red R5 might do, though, if the price is right. Yeah, yes, I'm like Now, let's see. You! Sir, 
I suppose you're programmed for etiquette and protocol. Protocol? Why, that is my primary function, sir. I am also... Yeah, I have no use for a protocol droid. Of course not, sir. Not in a climate as hostile as this one. But might I point out that I have been programmed for over 30 secondary functions that range from... What I need is a droid that understands the binary language of moisture evaporators. Evaporators? Why, sir, my first job was programming binary load lifters. Very similar to your evaporators in many respects. Uncle Owen! Yeah? Amperu told me to tell you that if you buy a translator droid, make sure it speaks bocce. Oh, yeah, thanks, Luke. Hey, droid, you speak domestic bocce? Of course I do, sir. It's like a second language to me. I'm also, if I might say, quite fluent in... Oh, shut up. Shutting up, sir. I'll take this one, too. Hey, Luke. Yeah? Take this interpreter droid here and that red R5 unit down to the tech dome. Get them cleaned up by supper time. I was going into Tashi Station for those converters we ordered. You can waste time with your idle friends when your chores are done. Now hop to it. Yes, sir. You. Yes, sir. Follow me. <laughs> Goodbye, Arthur. And you too, the Red R5 unit. Well, come on, Red. Let's go. Hey, what are you... Uncle Owen? Uncle Owen? Oh, uh, what? This R5 unit's got a bad motivator. Look, he blew its stack. Hey, what are you jealous trying to Excuse me, sir, these? but that blue R2 unit over there is in prime condition. A real bargain, if I might say so. Oh, okay. Hey, Uncle Owen? Yeah? What about that little blue R2 unit? What about that one? All right, good enough. Look, take the blue one. I'm sure you and your uncle will be very pleased with that one, sir. I've worked with him before. Yeah, he... yeah, let's go. Come on, we got some cleaning up to do. Now, don't you forget this, Uncle why I should stick my neck out for you is quite beyond my capacity. A fully equipped tech dome. Oh, this is paradise. Yeah, right. Well, just stand steady on that lift. I'll lower you into the oil bath. You're ready, sir. Here goes. Oh, oh, oh. How is that? Thank you, sir. Oh, 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 this feels so good. Oh, oh that's sad. My counterpart and I are both in your debt, sir. Well, thanks, but I'd rather be at Toshi Station. At least there's something going on there. Uh, Bake was right. I should get myself off this old dust ball. Oh, which dust ball are we on, sir? <laughs> well, if there's a bright center to the universe, we're on the planet it's farthest from, Tatooine. I see, sir. <laughs> you can call me Luke. I see, sir, Luke. Oh, just Luke. Oh, and I am C-3PO, Human-Cyborg Relations, and that is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. Uh, 3PO, that's about enough of the oil bath for you. Oh, well, yes. Oh. Now let's take a look at the R2. Oh, yes. Mm. Boy, R2, you got a lot of carbon scoring here in your integrators. Let me see what I can do for you. <laughs> Looks like you two boys have seen a lot of action. With all we've been through, I'm amazed we're in as good condition as we are, considering there's a rebellion going on. What? You know something about the rebellion against the Empire? Well, that's how we come to be in your service, sir, if you take my meaning. Were, were you in any battles? Uh, over Tatooine? Several, I think. Then I did see ships firing on each other. What was it like? Actually, sir, for a droid, a space battle is largely a matter of loud noise and having humans order you out of their way. <laughs> well... Your life sounds a lot more interesting than mine, 3PO. Well, R2, you got something jammed in here real good. Were you two on a star cruiser or... Oh, my goodness. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What? What is that? A holographic projection? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It certainly appears to be one, sir. 
R2, Master Luke asked you what it is. Tell me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What do you mean, what is what? No, oh, he says it's nothing, sir. Merely a malfunction. Old data. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. That girl. She's beautiful. Who is she? I think she was a passenger on our last voyage. A person of some importance, as I believe. Well, is there any more to this recording? Sounds like it's incomplete here. Maybe I can adjust R2 so that... Hey, no, you take it easy. R2 to behave yourself. You're going to get us into very grave trouble. You can trust him. He's our new master. <laughs> he says that he is the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of this very region. The holographic projection is part of a message for him. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Frankly, sir, with what we've been through, it's no surprise this little R2 unit has become a bit eccentric. <laughs> I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan, but old Ben Kenobi lives somewhere out near the Western Dune Sea. He's kind of a local character, you know, a hermit. My uncle ran him off our property once, but I've never heard of Ben owning a droid. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. She is so beautiful. I wonder who she is. She's in some kind of trouble, that's for sure. Maybe we better hear the rest of the message. He claims the restraining bolt the Jawas put on him is inhibiting his motivational components. He suggests that if you remove the bolt, he might be able to play back the entire message. Well, I guess you're too small to run away on me if I take off the bolt. Here we go. Hey, what happened to the holograph? Where'd she go? Play back the entire message, R2. What do you mean, what message? The one you just played for Master Luke. The one you're carrying inside your rusty innards. I'm sorry, sir, but he seems to have developed a circuitry flux. Luke! Luke! Time to get cleaned up for dinner! Uh, be right there, Aunt Peru. See what you can do with him, 3PL. Yes, sir. I'll be back right after dinner. Goodbye, Master Luke! Just you reconsider playing that tape for him. And just mind your manners, R2, or you'll make Master Luke very angry. No, I don't think he likes you at all. No, I don't like you either. And what's the idea of showing him that tape? You knew what would work. Then, then it was all a trick to get him to take the restraining bolt off you. Why, R2-D2, that is, that is deceitful. I don't want to hear any more about secret plans or missions or everyone can know me. We're droids. It's not our place to get involved with human disputes. I think it's your motivator that's gone faulty. Now, wait a moment. Where are you going? But you can't go outside. Come back here before you get us both deactivated for good. You can't survive out there, R2. R2! Your dinner's on the table, Luke. Your uncle's already started. Thanks, Aunt Peru. You know, Uncle Owen, mm. I think that R2 unit we bought might have been stolen. Well, what makes you think that? Hmm. Well, I was cleaning him up, and I stumbled across a part of a holographic recording. That R2 unit says he used the property of someone named Obi-Wan Kenobi. What? Kenobi? Yeah. I thought he might have meant old Ben Kenobi. Do you know who he's talking about? Maybe it's somebody related to Ben. No, that old man's just a crazy wizard. Look, take that R2 unit into Anchorhead and have its memory flushed. Well, what if this Obi-Wan comes looking for him? I don't think he exists anymore. He, uh, he died about the same time as your father. You mean Obi-Wan knew Luke, my father? Luke, I told you to forget it. 
don't want you talking to strangers about our family, and I don't want anyone filling your head with this made-up nonsense. But, Uncle Owen, if I you mean are... it, Luke. Uh, in the morning, I want those new droids up on that south ridge working. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I think those two new droids are going to work out just fine. In fact, uh, I'm thinking of sending my application to the Academy for this year. That's before the harvest. Yeah, but uh, you've got more than enough droids. The harvest is when I need you the most. It's only one more season. This year we'll make enough money so I'll be able to hire on some hands. You can go to the Academy next year. But Owen... Now, Missus, this is between Luke and me. It's going to be a whole nother year. It's only one more season. Yeah. It's just what you said when Biggs left for the Academy. Luke, you haven't finished your dinner. Where are you going? Nowhere, it looks like. Well, I've got some work to do on those droids. Owen, hmm? Luke can't stay here forever. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He's got too much of his father in him. And you won't be able to put that subject off forever either. Luke's going to want to know the truth. I'm going to protect him for as long as I can. But you can't live his life for him, Owen. I only wish I could, Baru. I only wish I could. R2. Where are they? Crazy droid. You can't leave them alone for a minute. Let me see. Where did I leave that restraining bolt activator? Oh, oh please, sir. Wait, what? I'll come up. Please don't deactivate. 3PO, what are you doing hiding behind the land speeder? And where's R2? It wasn't my fault, sir. I, I couldn't stop him. What? I told R2 not to go, but I think it's his motivator oh, no. malfunctioning. He was babbling on about his mission. I've got to find him. The, but Master Luke, uh, he went ages ago. Uh, Master Luke! Uh, 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 Master Luke, I... Uh, oh. I can't see him out there anywhere, even with the macro binoculars. How could he have gotten so far? Well, you can hardly blame yourself, sir. He's become, well, very devious recently. Plastic. But pardon me, sir, couldn't we go after him? No, it'd be too dangerous, what with all the sand people in the area. We're gonna have to wait till morning. Oh. I'll be right there, Uncle Owen. Boy, am I gonna get it. That little droid friend of yours is gonna cause me a lot of trouble. Oh, he excels at that stuff. Well, at first light, we'll take my land speeder and pick up his trail. Maybe we can get him back before Uncle Owen finds out. I'm sure we will recover him tomorrow, sir. Then your troubles will be solved. Somehow, I think all I'm gonna get is a new set of troubles. R2-D2, faithfully carrying out the mission given to him by the Princess Leia Organa, inadvertently draws Luke Skywalker into the Rebellion's most desperate crisis. Merciless Imperial agents are scouring Tatooine for the droid and his secret, while across the desert there waits the enigma of Obi-Wan Kenobi.
Tomorrow will be a day like no other in Luke Skywalker's young life. Episode 4 by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Anne Garrity as Aunt Beru, and Thomas Hill as Uncle Owen. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman.